the Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to this Six Pointer Podcast. What a Palace Week, six-pointer podcast edition, I think we should call this one. Um, I'm Matthew, I'm here with my brother Luke. We are in the Pavilion in Sydenham, just by uh, Sydenham train station, enjoying a Guinness to talk about, well, we're going to talk about the Palace Arsenal game that's um, finished about 20 minutes ago, but also, I guess, talk about what a week it's been for CPFC. Yes, mate, and I think, you know, going into the Arsenal game, nobody would really expected anything from the game, to be fair, did they? Um, it ended up with a 4-1 defeat, but yeah, I think there's a, a bigger picture here for Palace. Bigger fish to fry, as it were, than, than sort of playing the uh, Champions Elect, as it were. <sighs> Anything out of that game as a bonus, you know, Paddy McCarthy's taken over. Free hit, really, wasn't it? Nobody's expecting anything from it, so um, yeah, I don't know if there's much to say about the game itself. Um, good to see Joe Whitworth get some more minutes under his belt, I guess, as a, as a young goalkeeper. I don't think he could be attributed any blame for any of the, any of the, um, the goals. Uh, obviously, Wilf hit the post early on. Eddie threw one-on-one, probably has to do better. Yeah, but what are your thoughts? Well, I guess what you can say about it was another example of Palace having their chances and not taking them, wasn't it? We had the chance... Um, with Edouard that was ruled offside but you know it's the kind of chance that despite it being ruled offside you wanted to still put away there was obviously the chance Wolf had as well first half where uh, hit the post and comes off Stockdale's back and could have ended up rolling in if luck's going your way maybe as well what did I call him Stockdale different different player yeah I don't really care to be honest with you. It was, it was one, of those, <laughs> one of those games where, yeah, we had a couple of chances, we didn't take them, and yeah, we were penalised for it. And, and look, they were the better team by far, right? They're top of the league, running running away with it a little bit, aren't they? At the minute, but some of their finishing just showed a, a t- what a team in in such confidence could look like. But but also similarly, some of the way we played showed how and where we are. So you know, I think for both the first two goals. Wilf was a fault in the build-up for just like being slack and giving it away, not chasing back, not following his man. For both both those first two goals, so it, so it does say something about where we are and the week that Palace have come out of. Well, it's not even a week, is it? It's a few days, I guess. I mean, obviously we had the fallout from the Brighton game, and you know how disappointing that was, and the performance, and you know the manager going wasn't that it wasn't based just on that game. But obviously, it's been a difficult few days for Palace, and preparations for a game like Arsenal are always going to be impacted by something like this, whether or not it's a game you write off. It was like we've been here before, you know, going into a game against Arsenal of a, a manager that's just left a couple of days before. Um, yeah, mate, days are though. Maybe that's why they did it. Yeah, maybe. But no, look, we, we spoke on the pod last week, was it? I think we did the pod um, in the Imperial Arms in, in Chislehurst. Lovely Guinness. Um, and we said, well, I think I said to you that if Vieira does go, it will be off the back of a poor performance at Brighton. I think barring the first, what? 11, 13 minutes until they scored, we looked quite good. But then just folded like, a, like a, a house of cards, really, didn't we? And I think that might have been the final straw which broke the camel back, camel's back there. And obviously seeing Josh Harris in the crowd 
um, yeah, at Brighton. That kind of confirmed my um, my fears that that, that was going to be the decision, um, which I do think was probably the right decision, if I'm honest. Um, it had to come to an end. As I say, it wasn't just not get results. It was the manner of performances that have been... Just, just, just lacklustre, really. I guess uh, for, do, for too long. Do you think? Do you think that that first half, well, that first ten minutes, let's take it eleven minutes because it was kind of a turning point, right? But that, that start to the game against Brighton was symptomatic of Palace's like, like second half. Well, might, might, I guess mo- most of the season really, and, and where we're at because you know, like we said, we did start well. You know, got out of the blocks really well, and there were a couple of good chances. The Elise one on one wasn't there in particular, um, the, and the Edward header that was just yeah miles miles wide when it should have been a much better better uh, effort. Yeah, on, on a shot on target certainly shouldn't have been. But it's kind of symptomatic because we pretty much fell apart, and then it seemed like we said before in this pod that the, the any sort of game plan went out the window, and there was no response to it, no plan B from Palace. Well, I listened to the Athletics football podcast with Don Fyfield on there. Don was almost poetic in the fact that he said that you know there was very little plan uh, that Chris Palace seemed to have. That, you know, you don't see what they're trying to achieve, what what sort of method to get there, and the fact that you know he looked like a broken man uh, on the side of the pitch, standing in the rain, which is reminiscent of Frank Devore at Burnley away. You know, standing there and just looking helpless really and, and you kind of felt that that was it then that was the the, the, the lasting image of, of Patrick Vieira in this fading Crystal Palace side the team that had been 12th again for about 16 years but that buffer that safety buffer between us and the bottom three is just eroded and although Palace positionally haven't dropped like a stone you know that 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 buffer has just disintegrated and, and uh, the club wouldn't have acted unless they felt that Patrick Vieira wasn't going to arrest this slide and uh, new ideas or maybe fresh impetus was needed and part of me sort of agrees with that you know sometimes you just need a bit of a kick up the arse and new ideas maybe change of drills and training and and an opportunity for for some fresh blood but look it's it's going to be tough the remaining 10-11 games because we haven't got a transfer window whoever comes in whether it be Roy Hodgson on a short term deal or, or whoever else it is I've, I've got a, a tough um, situation to, to try and turn this around for Palace we talked didn't we about the importance of the April uh, period for Palace and there are many many games that you'd expect them to be getting points out of That's huge. and I guess for the Palace owners it was a case of do we think with the manager as it was that that, that was going to give us the best position to get the results we needed regardless of whether or not you know after this season it was the right thing or not to have him in charge it was obviously can we get through that period with enough points to stay up in the Premier League and at the minute they probably saw it looking like a slide in the in the negative and I, and I guess we talked didn't we the other week about how you know we wanted it to work with Vieira you know we'd had a really good first season admittedly though the cup run kind of did hide some of the run that we'd had it did yeah but then there was the summer where we didn't really invest you know clearly you know strike was a position we needed to do something about and we, we didn't and and I guess it's a number of factors it wasn't just the manager it was a number of factors come together and, but you have to try and do something now with what's facing in front of you I think the thing is bro, is that I agree with you that, that perhaps he wasn't dealt the best hand in January or you know we're not, we're not replacing Christian Benteke but you know, you've got to look at it's the coach's job and the coaching team's job 
to improve players, to make players play better. And you've got to say, Eze, you know, Edouard, Mateta have all regressed in the last year or so. I mean, Mark Gay has probably not played to his heights as he did last season, but he's still, you know, I think written recent history is, is, is done okay. But I think there's there's very few players that you can pick out and say that under these this, this coaching staff that has been in charge for the last 18 months, they've really improved the players. And, you know, you've got to work with what you've got. And I don't think he's made the best out of the, the hand that he's got. I mean, especially with Ebreezo, you know, a player that came with so much promise, so much enthusiasm, there's so much hype. I think he's just a shadow of the, of the player that he really was. And that, I think that's the most frustrating thing is that after all the hype of Vieira coming in, you know, the excitement of him bringing in, you know, lots of young players alongside with him, a new coaching staff, the attacking football we were playing last season, the regression has been most disappointing for me. It's the fact that, you know, there's an opportunity here to kick on and we haven't taken it. And I think that's what most Palace fans are really disappointed and, and saddened by we coming sort of Friday morning the news that broke. I guess there's also something about, you know, the sign of, of the a good manager, a good coach is getting out of the, the what you've got to work with, a positive outcome and that's why, you know, we were always very much higher praise for Roy on this pod because we recognise what Palace had to work with, what Roy and Roy and Ray, Rainy Schultz, had to work with and, and got results from that, right? It wasn't always the most aesthetically pleasing football, but you know, we got some really good results out of um, what three or so plus years. So, yeah, I guess it's frustrating, disappointing. I think it's it, 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 it leaves us, I guess, in a position where we go, where, where do we go from here? Which is what we are going to talk about in part two of this podcast. Hello, welcome back to part two of the Six Pointer podcast. This is when we become Mystic Meg, uh, get the crystal ball out, give you the lottery numbers for next weekend and uh, yeah, tell you Palace are going to appoint as manager. I'll go first. We talked about this in the last pod. We said that we wouldn't make a change. I think basically because we said there wasn't a uh, ready-made replacement to to go to. Um, I think they'll do something in the season and I could see Roy coming back. So there's arguments to and for and against that, isn't there? I think the arguments for is that you know he's a proven Premier League manager, albeit you know if you if you take aside what happened at Watford last season, um, I think he's he's he knows the club, he knows the um, you know the setup there, they know a lot of the players, albeit there was, there was a, a huge turnover when he last managed. The, the, the thing that worries me about Roy is that I think his success at Palace was not we said based on the fact that he wasn't given a lot of money the fact that he worked with a lot of players there but a lot of older players I think and you just don't have that a lot of Premier League experience you look across the the, the Palace team at the moment there's not a massive amount of Premier League experience and that's maybe where players like James MacArthur um, Joel Ward would be sort of so, so important if, if Roy took over in terms of that Premier League experience and, and getting Palace across the line because let's face it Project Palace is on hold they will, this, yeah. this is going to be uh, appointment to the end of the season Sticky and then past, yeah, and, and, then, and then it will be reassessed then so but we talked in the last pod about firefighter managers how they don't really seem to exist anymore you know like Sam Allardyce hasn't been out been in a job since West Brom Tony Pulis I think he's still paying selling his house to pay Palace back um 
you know, Roy Hodgson uh, has been out of the game since its last. Uh, Sean Dyche is at Everton. I, I don't but know. That's, but that's what that's what for me. That's why I think Roy is the most likely appointment for Palace, and I think. But, but just to be clear, I don't want him to come back from the fairy tale perspective because I think he signed off his time at yeah, Palace in yeah. a nice way, ended in a nice way. I don't necessarily want him to come back, but I think that's what will happen. But the other options, this is this is where I struggle though, because like you, I don't see someone coming in being the answer now. I think they'll use this as someone to get us over the line and then to look at the situation again the summer. And I guess they're probably actually between now and then, really, once it's all sorted, line up the, the, red, the, the eventual replacement. But I mean, because the other option is what? Well, what are the other options? Pa- Paddy with a uh, sort of a, a, a experienced assistant. Well, well, Friday morning, obviously, when when Vieira, the news about Vieira broke, the bookies put out their lists, didn't they? And and to be fair, this is nothing more than guesswork and just people have been linked in the past. People are out of work, so on the list was Roy, who was short as odds. I think there was also Lucian Favre. There was uh, Nuno Espirito Santos. Uh, who was that? Was that at work? I don't know. No idea. Uh, Pochettino wasn't there. God's sake! I know. Um, who else was on the list? Um, oh, Jesse Marsh, Ralph Hassan. Who was so? So these, these, the last two, the latter two. I, there, there is an argument there for them in the sense that they've both been through this relegation battle before, so they both understand what's needed to get you across the line. So, and, and that's maybe look with no knowledge or you know I think just just those names just presented to you. I think those are prob- those last two are probably in the most favourable. Who would you like out of those? Ralph, how do you say his surname? Aston. Yes, I'd like him. He was Southampton manager, right? I think he did really well there for what he had to work with. I, and I, I think he would bring some good. You, good you, you just got to admit you're going to get spanked sort of 9 0 every, 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 twice a season or something, aren't you? Keeps <laughs> right. interesting, doesn't it? I mean, goodness me, bruv. I mean, anything's going to be better than what you've been watching recently. I wouldn't mind a bit of highs and lows like that. But that, that, doesn't, that doesn't scream stability to me. And, and also, you've got to think from his point of view. Why would he want a, a deal until the end of the season? He'd want something more concrete, surely. He'd probably think... Those last two managers, I think, would probably feel that they've given enough or shown enough to, to have something a bit more um, long-term, I think. So that's, that's... Whilst I think that they are out of that list are probably the only two that really can get you across the line or shown, proven they can get you across the line, I don't think that they would want to take the job um, unless you know Parish and the American owners say, "Look, take it in the season, and we'll give you a massive bonus if you keep us yeah, up." A la, a la Paul Hart. Paul Hart. Where is he doing that? You know, get him back. He's done it before. Let's this get him back. One thing I do, I, I tell you for sure, though, bro, I don't want to be going into the, the Forest game, the last game of the season, no. it being like Hillsborough so, away again. I, I can't, I'm, I, I'm, I'm too old for it now. My nerves can't take that. Here's a permutation for you. How about Paddy Matt into the season with Ray? Why would Ray do that? I don't know what he's doing, is he? I mean, he's, uh, he's Ray and Roy, they can't, you can't break up the team. Uh, well, uh, bring the band back. Yeah. I guess they mean. both wear shorts, obviously. I was just going to say, yeah, Paddy McAvoy's shorts. Part of, the, part of the interview is wearing in shorts. I don't know, I just, yeah, that, that I mean, because we can talk about someone to, to get us out. I mean, the problem is, if you do a Paddy Mac, it's not proven, is it? Well, like you said, what is? You, you, well, you, if, you, if, you go, if you stick with Paddy Mac, which I don't think you do, I think Paddy Mac was just literally something in there because they had to make the decision off the back of um, the Brighton game you know Josh Harris had his flight back to America so they couldn't wait to ask the Arsenal game so that's why they did it then Um, I I, I think that if you were to do Paddy you'd need to bring in someone very experienced 
to, to support him because at the moment he's got Darren Pound, Dean Kiley, and this is this is another thing, isn't it? Like something which must be impacting on the training ground. I appreciate they only had one one game, or one or two sessions after the news broke, but you completely ripped out the coaching staff. So they, this is something which needs to be addressed and quick. And I appreciate that you know there will be some players off in international duty. You know. Joachim Anderson will be with Denmark. I don't know if. Well, but will he after getting injured in the warm-up today? Well, that's that's the point, isn't it? You're expecting him to play. I hope, hopefully, it's not too serious. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's 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 a big job for Palace now because you've got to think there's lots of gaps at Copa's Cope now in Beckenham, which need to be filled. Friday must have been really strange for the players, obviously, for the news to break at eight o'clock in the morning. And apparently, Austin Roberts was told when he was making his way into Beckenham in the car on the way, and that he got the call. You know, so the players wouldn't have known either. I, I wonder how some of the players might take this, you know, because I think Vieira was very well liked at the club. Apparently, I always felt that he was a good figure for the club in the sense that he bought into a lot of the extracurricular activities, so the Palace for Life stuff. He was always very vocal on that, and it was lovely to see. And you want a manager to be champion your club and champion everything they do about it. So. That, that's difficult to replace but yeah the coaching stuff and everything it must have felt very sparse at Beckenham on, on Friday and I assume they had a, a short session yesterday as well and this is something which they need to address whilst there are some players away in international duty over the next couple of weeks now um, look let's face it that's, that's when this, this is when Steve Parrish the American owners on the board earn their money these, these are the, the big decisions which they have to make which could prove vital in terms of Palace's Premier League safety these, this is when they need to step up and show that they can you know deliver here and in Steve's defence or in his in his corner I don't think he's made too many wrong decisions in his time no I think he's done the right thing for Crystal Palace Football Club however you look at it and, and obviously the like you said the Vieira character comes into it it feels it feels like a a loss to Palace because of what he bought more more holistically but they needed to arrest the slide that was happening and only only um, a hypothesis would be that they would have got out of in April and you know you, you will never know that but, yeah well the Sean Derry thing and we don't know what's involved in that as well and you know why didn't they get the players they, they wanted or he wanted and fans bro I think the fans yeah, we, we had murmurs it, it, it did turn and also I think you and I both said as well after the Brighton game as well once the Palace journalists you know the Ed Arons Don Firefields um, who else was there there was a few others as well the Palace journalists which you really listen to once they start to say certain things you think sort of think okay right there's real sort of truth behind well I think we wouldn't we wouldn't have done the pod we did was it was it two weeks ago yeah Ten days ago, whatever it was, without having something in in the air about it, and it, it, it had an air air of inevitability about it. It was just a case of when, wasn't it? And yeah, we, we just didn't think they would do it because of the fact there wouldn't be a replacement, or well, isn't a replacement. But who knows what they've got up their, up their sleeves? Well, like I said earlier, sometimes I think a change. You know, people talk a lot about this new manager bounce. I don't know how much that exists, but a change sometimes is, is a good thing when when things. Are, it, it felt like it stagnated in the sense that, like Don Fyfield said in, in the Athletic Pod, that there wasn't much of a plan. You know, Palace had that opportunities. You know, where they came flying out of the blocks against Brighton, but once that sort of impetus ran off, ran out, there was nothing. There was, we, we offered nothing in that game, absolutely nothing. Um, it, and I, I, you know, I caveat that all with the fact that Brighton are obviously a team in good form at the moment, but still, like you need to be showing a bit more in, in, in a game which is of such 
yeah. high magnitude for Palace fans and, and, and the club in general I think um, I mean any, every game sort of becomes that, that moment and you know you've got to think after the international break the game against Leicester is huge for Crystal Palace you know this is you talk about relegation six pointers that is as big as it comes and Palace you know we, you know that the fans will come, come together and the atmosphere will be fantastic and, and, and that siege mentality you know that we, we've, we've had, had to have so many times before will come into play and I'm hopeful that we will get a result against that in that game whoever's in charge because you know the fans will get behind it um, but bloody hell bruv this is not a situation I expected us to be in come the start of the season I'm very disappointed I'm almost a bit despondent about the whole thing if I'm honest watching Palace's lacklustre performances over the last seven months or so have made me knock the stuffing out of me a little bit you know there's been times where I've sort of thought to myself you said tongue in cheek on the last pod that bloody hell should we just stay at home and watch it on the telly instead of actually going to the game but see, that's never going to happen but it's, it's, it's been, been a temptation at times hasn't it it's been a difficult ride hasn't it and I think everyone's felt that and like you've said the the mood in the stands has been has been low, and we've seen people falling out. And there was talk about the Brighton game, about you know things going on in the crowd. It's a shame when that happens, but and like we said, the first of April, the Leicester home game is a really Huge. important game for Palace, Huge. and I really do hope that we can get something out of that. It's, it's the biggest game Palace have had in their recent history for well, probably since the Norwich game, you know, with Pardew and, and and the punching goal. You know, Palace need. Nothing but three points is acceptable in that game. You know, it is a must-win. It's a yeah. must-win and must-win skit. It is. It's huge. Um, it's, okay. it's, it's a league of nine teams now, basically, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. Because Vi- yeah. Villa are like eleven points ahead of yeah. us now. Yeah. So you know, we talk about the 12th place. The joke about being 12th place forever, but actually, the fact is, it's now two leagues, and, and Palace are currently top of that league and need to stay top of that league. And, and it starts with a result against Leicester. The, what the, the sort of the glimmer of hope comes here in the sense that Palace have got probably got in inverted commas the easiest running of all, of all the games the fact that you know we have had this difficult run of play in the teams in the top te- top yeah. 10 and now most of our games come against teams in and around us in that league of nine so what we got here Leicester Leeds Southampton Everton Wolves Jesus Christ West Ham I mean Tottenham I mean, that, that, that is April though Bob. that's what I mean that is yeah. April that's what a- April, 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 yeah, April is huge isn't it I mean wow I mean, you've got to be. I mean, especially the home games. I don't know, but I mean, Leeds is an easy place to go away. Southampton as well; they can create an atmosphere as well. Wolves is always a difficult place to go. But yeah, I mean, Palace have got to be winning these games, haven't they? I mean, Leicester. You've got to be looking at ten points at least, haven't you? From that, you need to, Rob. I need to. I think that there's an opportunity here in April for Palace really to. Shorten that that table of or that league of eight, that's isn't I mean, it? That's what I mean. If you get enough results in April, yeah. then May May is more relaxing because May does get more difficult with the likes of Tottenham, you know, Fulham in there, and, and the finishing of the last, like you said, the Forest game is massive, right? Luckily, we're at home for that one. Yeah, but still, I I don't want to be going into that game against Forest needing to get something. That's that's punished. Given the opportunities, regardless of who's in charge, looking at the squad looking at how they have been underachieving and, and look we can talk about the Patrick Vieira and, and the coaching staff as much as you want the, play, the players need to shoulder a lot of responsibility here in the sense that they have not performed they have, they have been underperforming there is a, you look at that squad on paper and they should be doing better than they have been the results they should be getting better results than they have been getting 
and it's now there's an opportunity them for them now to step up to the plate and, and start to deliver um, regardless of who the coaching staff is right time to leave it there then we may be back with you with an emergency pod if something happens very quickly in the next few days um, when I get the call from Palace the uh, manager the I will uh, let you know but otherwise you know I think as, as things happen over the next few uh, weeks we'll uh, we'll obviously pod um, maybe some special guests as well you never know there may, there may be a Danish pod in there as well obviously oh. next weekend because I'm, um, I'm going out to see uh, Pallet uh, SBO versus Friends so a uh, big game for SBO who need three points having lost on Friday so uh, Danish fans uh, stay tuned for that one stay tuned for that and uh, yeah stay tuned for more Palace uh, news as always don't forget Six Pointer Podcast Instagram and Twitter get your requests in for your t-shirts your hats your belts your bum bags uh, your pants not having uh, whatever you whatever you might want socks would be a good one Kev's face in it Kev's face included uh, they, they go for a special price they do be got Kev's mum as well be Kev's mum right thanks everyone for listening uh, do do uh, feel free to drop us a, a message uh, we'll eventually get to uh, the questions we promised to get in response to the other week can and I say also a lovely reaction to the last pod because we haven't put it for a while it was really nice to have all the comments and the feedback and everyone saying that they'd uh, really enjoyed the last pod and uh, we will try and be a bit more regular you know life happens things get in the way but um, yeah thank you very much for everyone who got in touch appreciate that Luke's going to admit he's prone to be more regular and yeah. we might pod as well so you never know definitely. right keep it six pointer as always at six pointer podcast Instagram and Twitter until then up the palace. The Six Pointer Podcast. Yeah.